Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. The so AJ Lamar gets his back. first the playoff win. Back. It's hardly the Ravens' first road playoff win. They made a little NFL history becoming road warriors. More in a second on that, but it was all spurred by one run. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests, including the one and only Stephen A. Smith, join us on the Goodyear Hotline, and Stephen A. will be here in just about nine minutes from now. It was a game-changing run, right? Most quarterbacks, when there's a game-changing play, they do it with their arm. Lamar Jackson has proven he can do it with both, but it was a huge spot. Third down, trying to get back into the game. A run for the NFL playoff ages. More context on that in just a second. But the guy that dialed it up, his head coach, John Harbaugh, telling you how special this scamper really was. Uh, It's one of the best runs I've ever seen. It's the best run I've ever seen by a quarterback. I mean, I I think it's even greater than the Cincinnati run he had a year or two ago. I mean, that's just a phenomenal play. Uh, what effect it had, I think it, it had a big effect on it. It just got us back in the game. I mean, we needed we needed points at that point. It got us back in the game. Psych- psychologically, I really don't know, but it made me feel a lot better, I can tell you that. There's no doubt it was a third and nine, less than three minutes to go in the first half. It was a 10-3 Tennessee lead. The scamper from Jackson made it 10-10, and essentially key. It just felt like the game changed a little bit, and Baltimore was right back in it. Well, look, man, when they were down 10-0, that was the first quarter. So you got a whole lot of football to go. But when you score and all of a sudden it's 10-7, it's a different ball game. I mean, he accounted for 179 yards in the air and another buck 40 or so on the ground. And when you talk about a guy like that, he just does it in a different way. It's a different fashion. It's not what you are used to seeing. So it looks a little unorthodox, so to speak. And it wins, though. It wins. It ignites the team because the team understands – who he is and what his style is. He's not dropping back 45 times and throwing for 350. He's doing it the way that he did it at Louisville. Win big-time games. I could do it in the air. I could do it on the ground. All of those sort of things. And when he gets to that second wave of defender, he's so explosive and he's so dynamic in understanding how to run the football. It's almost like a kick returner and a punt returner with the ball in his hands. I love it. I mean, I, I, I think – you know, and talking to a, a, a highly respected defensive mind, in my opinion, like Rex Ryan yesterday on the on the film room mega cast, and just having a sidebar as to can this style win a championship? And I'm convinced that it can. You can run the ball, and the quarterback, as I've always said, does just enough. Jay will in the passing game with a shutdown defense like they did with bottled up Henry yesterday. They win the game, and now they're off to playing another team, the you Buffalo know, key, Bills. Key, as my bet told me my first year in the league, Jalen Rose, young fella, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And the sprint at the beginning of the year, everybody was jumping all over Lamar Jackson. People were challenging him, saying, you know, he can't throw outside the numbers. You're finding everything wrong with him and this team. Well, look, man, their offense is caught up to their defense, they're all, and they can beat the Bills. They can find themselves in the Super Bowl if they continue to play at this pace. If Lamar Jackson continues to remind people that, yes, last year he was the MVP and they can do it differently. I give Greg Roman and his team so much credit for being able to bounce back through a year with COVID, a lot of questionings. Um, He's had a lot of memorable moments, but that moment yesterday, that 48-yard run, that was special. You felt like you were watching 
somebody and a team that had something special to them that could do something even more incredibly special this year. You, you talked about Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator, and what they were doing at the beginning of the year and how people jumped all over Lamar's passing. Well, they tried to do something to prove to others that Lamar can't throw the football. They got out of what they do best. Second half of the season, on the six-game run, they decided that they're going to let Lamar Jackson be Lamar Jackson, opposed to trying to make him something that he's not. And you see it all the time. These coaches in the offseason, they get away from what got them the jobs in the first place because they sit around and they try to figure out how to improve the team instead of understanding that he's young, they're young in certain spots, they've got to grow, Certain things got to get better in certain spots that they were bad at. But it's not the passing game. Lamar Jackson will never be Steve Young as a passer. It's just it, That's not who he is. But what he is is one of the most dynamic players in the National Football League, one of the most exciting quarterbacks, probably the most exciting quarterback, more exciting to me than Patrick Mahomes because of everything that he brings to the table He's just not relying on throwing the ball. He's relying on his legs, making cuts in the hole. I mean, he freezes the defense on the RPOs. You don't know if he has the ball or the running back has the ball. I mean, it just simplifies things when he's playing at his best. And when you look at it, they've got to continue to do that going to Buffalo. They can't all of a sudden get caught in the, he needs to match Josh Allen. No, he needs to do what he's been doing to help this team win football games. And then, Zubin, I'll say this. I mean, if they're able to get by Buffalo, Keith, think about the next two matchups for the Chiefs, two teams that are predominantly run-first teams. Uh, And the Browns, and then you talk about the Ravens. You have to go back to that one loss that the Chiefs had against the Raiders, and you go back and you watch that game, Phil. Watch how Josh Jacobs and company pounded the ball. Derek Carr, serviceable quarterback at that time. It, that, that's the formula to beat the Chiefs. This path for the Chiefs to get to the Super Bowl, like I said a, a week ago or so, I, I, the amount of pressure I think the Chiefs are going to have on them with the styles of play offensively that the, these two teams, especially the Browns and the Ravens, have if they have to meet uh, going into the Super Bowl, it's going to be really fascinating to watch. We should mention that Lamar Jackson ran for 136 yards on the ground. Remember, he's the only quarterback in league history to rush for 1,000 yards in back-to-back seasons, did that this year and his unanimous MVP season of a year ago. That buck 36 on the ground allows him to join Colin Kaepernick as the only quarterbacks in the Super Bowl era to post 100 rushing yards and a rush TD in a playoff game. Did a ton. That according to the Elias Sports Bureau. And as a result, Lamar is the king of the week. King of the week is brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. The man, the myth, the legend, Stephen A. Smith is three minutes away. But, Key, I want to talk about a legendary performance for the Ravens. This is going way under the radar because Lamar deserves the attention he's getting. What happened to King Henry also is a topic on the other side. But get this. With this win yesterday in Nashville, Key, John Harbaugh won his eighth career road playoff game. You've talked about how hard it is to win a road regular season game. And I understand for all the critics out there, don't you want to play at home in the playoffs? It showed you had a better regular season record. But listen to this. He won his eighth career road playoff game yesterday. That is the most in the history of the NFL, breaking a tie with a pair of impressive Toms key, the late great Tom Landry and Tom Coughlin. This is a guy that was on the firing line a couple of years ago with their team ownership. Should we make a move? 
They move on from Flacco, draft Jackson, and it has rejuvenated the entire franchise. And for all the talk about Andy Reid and Kevin Stefanski and Tomlin early when they went 11-0, how about a little love for Jim Harbaugh? 6-5 and five this team was when they woke up on December 2nd. 6-5. and five. About five weeks later, they're one game away from the AFC title game. It's important that sometimes you just stay the course, right? You 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 think about teams and coaches when they start to lose games after having so much success that the organization gets tired and burned out on guys. But the Baltimore Ravens, they just stayed the course. They said, we're going to retool some things. We're going to go and draft Hollywood Brown. We're going to sign Mark Ingram and bring him in. We're going to draft a a Matt Judon. We're going to, we're going to find how to get Calais Campbell over here. And you just retool the situation and in the end, it's paying off. You don't panic and start to just fire somebody because you had one or two down seasons, and now they're finding themselves on the brink of possibly playing in the AFC Championship game against either the Cleveland Browns or the Kansas City Chiefs. Two and a half years ago, that was so far out of the thought process. It was almost like, do we keep our coach or do we move on? And they made the right call in keeping Harbaugh, and they're moving on. We should mention, just in case you woke up on this Monday morning with everything that happened with the Browns last night, kind of had to wait to see what happened in the Browns-Pittsburgh game to set the divisional schedule. Let's just get it to you here as Stephen Abel join us here in just one minute. Saturday, it'll be the Rams at the Packers and then the Ravens at the Bills. And then Sunday, it'll be the Browns and the Chiefs. And then the first matchup in NFL playoff history of two quarterbacks at least 40 years old. It'll be the Bucks. And the Saints, Tom Brady, of course, you know, is 43. Drew Brees is actually going to turn 42 on Thursday. So we'll wait to see what happens on Divisional Weekend. But that is your schedule. As we wait for Stephen A., I got to ask this question here. Which, go ahead, Jay, you got something? Yeah, I was just going to say, I'm so, you know, this Ravens-Bills game is going to be so interesting. Just know, like, you know, watching watching the Bills, Josh Allen and, and Stephon Diggs obviously play at a very high level. Um, I honestly thought that Phillip Rivers and company kind of gave away that game before I thought that the Bills took the game. But I will say this. I I think the lack of rushing could come back to haunt the Bills, right? Uh, The ability to get it done on the ground. They only rushed for 96 yards last game, and Josh Allen accounted for 54 of those yards, right? So it's going to be interesting to see time of possession, how good Baltimore's defense is, if if their secondary can hold up and take away some of the passing ability of Josh Allen and they can corral him. You know, how else – the Bills will be able to score if they can do it on the ground. And we are waiting here for Stephen A. Smith. While we're waiting, why don't I throw out the poll question this morning? Love to hear from you. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, Key J and Z. On Twitter, it was quite a weekend for Lamar Jackson, got his first playoff win. Quite a weekend for Baker Mayfield, the first overall pick in 2018. Same he man. got his first playoff win. What? <laughs> we on the air, dog. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm talking to Stephen A. Oh, <laughs> he just walked in the room. Yeah, ask he, what, we got to ask him what happened to his Steelers key. No, you know, he was up there talking him, all that trash about his Steelers. About Steelers. He just, you know, he knows about TV and radio. He in the hallway talking, you know, so my mic is picking him up a little bit. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, we know he loves to talk. So, so <laughs> Well, he's, he's going to join us here in a minute. We just getting him all tied up and set up. He, you know, all right. So clean, while, clean is all outdoors. I got you. So while we wait. So, basically, big weekend for Lamar, Baker, and Josh Allen. All drafted in the first round in 2018. All didn't have a playoff win until this weekend. All got their first playoff win this weekend. 
Who proved the most, Key? We'd love to hear from you again on the phone line or on the Twitter feed. Which one of those three guys that broke through, different circumstances for all of them, impressed you the most Saturday and Sunday? Lamar Jackson. Lamar, I mean, look, I expected to see a pretty good performance by Josh Allen. And Baker Mayfield's running game, I thought, would do some damage to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh spotted him 28 points. But I didn't expect to see Lamar play as well as he did play, although he had played well in the last five games. I just didn't see it. But clearly, given the type of stress that was placed on him from the naysayers and the outsiders about his ability to win a playoff game, I thought that that was impressive to go into Tennessee in a not crowded stadium, but enough fans to root against you for him to do what he did and dominate in fashion the way that he did. I know the, the, the interception, the ball that slipped out of his hands looked like a punt. Everybody goes, oh, God, here we go. Lamar's turning the ball over as if he throws 30 interceptions a season. They make it sound as that's, though that's what he does. He makes one or two bad throws in several games, and a guy can't play the position. And, and so when I look at it, I'm just like, that's the most impressive. What's going to be more impressive, though, when the money time comes, mm. out of these three quarterbacks that won these playoff games over the weekend, who's going to be the highest paid out of the three? That's, that's what I want to see. And who's J- really going to commit to that quarterback position? And, Jay, just give us your quick answer to the uh, triumvirate of quarterbacks. Who you got? And then we're going to Stephen A. I got, I got Lamar hands down. And, Key, I, w- I would probably say this. Even though Josh Allen is having somewhat of an MVP-like season, you have to think if Lamar continues to play at this level, it would have to be Lamar. He would probably have to be the highest paid, considering he was the reigning MVP and how he's picking up the slack towards the end. Probably have to be Lamar, wouldn't it? Yep. Last thing I'll say, it's never been done in the Super Bowl era. It hasn't even been broached till Key brought it up this morning. A quarterback like Lamar has not won the Super Bowl. Is it finally time for that breakthrough? That really caught my ears from Keyshawn. Simply put, it's Stephen A's world, and we're just living in it. Check out my new show debuting in the new year on ESPN+. Plus. Our show will have expert analysis, signature debate panel, and can't-miss interviews. Yes! 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 Sign up now at (laughs) ESPNplus.com. You know, I know Stephen A's... Baby Stephen A's special, man. Stephen A's a big basketball fan. I didn't realize Marv Albert was doing that promo there with the yes. We welcome in (laughs) Stephen A. Smith, host of Stephen A's World, premiering today exclusively on our streaming service, ESPN Plus, it is great to have you. Of course, you'll see Stephen A. on First Tech at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, like you do every Monday through Friday. The fellows wanted me to make sure this was the first question. I'm going to phrase it exactly the way they wanted me to phrase it. What happened to your Steelers last night? Oh, damn. Oh, damn. You know, see, see, this is this is this is what happens when you got boys, man. You know, Keyshawn's been my boy for years. Jay Will's been my boy, and, and and see, this is you let people inside and you let them know, and then they use this moment, this opportunity. You know, my show debuts today, and the first question they're gonna throw at me <laughs> is about the Steelers and how they wet the bed. Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, I, oh damn. I, I, I oh. I mean, it was bad. It was no question about it. I, I mean, for them to be down 28 to nothing in the first quarter was absolutely disgusting and depressing. Um, and, and knowing that, that, you know, Juju Smith used to open his mouth, 
you know, prematurely showing his youth, his immaturity. Good guy, good player, but damn, that was you just don't do what he did because you again, to me, when you open your mouth like that, you need to be a boxer, a UFC fighter, a golfer, a tennis player, etc. When you play for a team, you can only speak for yourself. You can't vouch for everybody around you. Something could end up going wrong. And in Juju Smith-Schuster's case, Big Ben Roethlisberger was what went wrong, at least early on. And that was really the difference in this game. It's unfortunate, but again, we saw it because the Steelers lost five of their last six games and four of their last five in the regular season. The handwriting was on the wall, and, you know, chickens came on the roost. Mm, mm, mm. So let me ask you this, Stephen A., Big Ben is going to account for a little bit over $41 million in cap space in 2021-2022 season. What do you do? Do you bring him back or you move on from him? I think you have to move on from him, believe it or not. And I know he's a Hall of Famer. And, um, you know, yesterday doesn't take away. Last night doesn't take away from everything that he's accomplished in his career. But last night was typical in terms of why we've never mentioned him in the same breath as the Tom Brady's, the Aaron Rodgers of the world, etc. As great as he has been, it's like second-tier status, or if everybody else is one, he's 1A, you know, just that kind of thing. And I think that when you consider the cap number uh, that's go- that he's going to count against them, uh, along with the immobility that he now has, it wasn't, it wasn't ever that he was fast-key, as you well know. It was really that he was Big Ben. He could shrug off tacklers and extend plays and stuff like that. He doesn't have that ability to the same degree that he used to because age, attrition, father time has all kicked in. So I think in light of that, along with the number, along with what we're seeing in terms of whether it's a Patrick Mahomes, it's an Aaron Rodgers who can still run with the football, it's a Deshaun Watson and his versatility, it's Lamar Jackson and his electrifying ability to run with the football, et cetera, et cetera. You're seeing an age where you almost need to be mobile in order to be. I understand Drew Brees is still there. Tom Brady is still there. But those are guys that are experienced, savvy, and been around forever and, and, and aren't accustomed to making those same levels of mistakes. I think if you're mistake prone, you have to have the ability to make it up with more than just your arm. And that is not Big Ben Roethlisberger anymore. Stephen A. Smith. Commentator, first take host of the Stephen A's World premiere today exclusively on ESPN Plus is joining us here on the morning show with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Uh, let me ask you this, Stephen A. You mentioned Lamar Jackson. Yeah. What should the narrative be now that he's won his first playoff game as people have sat around and was waiting for him to lose to pounce all over him? Well, now what you do is you just play, you know, uh, the the narrative is is that, you know, he goes out there and he plays football. Now it's about him and the Ravens as opposed to it being just about him. Even though that Ravens defense did their thing yesterday, they were absolutely sensational in neutralizing Derrick Henry and making Ryan Tannehill do something he couldn't do, which he ended up not being able to do. The reality is, is that Lamar Jackson, although he didn't go out there and throw for 300 plus yards or whatever, those wheels that he has is something special. And we know that he's an elite dual threat. And because of that, you're able to look at him and you look at the Ravens now. It was really about him yesterday. If they had lost this game, no matter what the reasons would have been, it would have been on Lamar Jackson because he's the face of the franchise, the quarterback, the reigning league MVP who couldn't win a playoff game. Now that he's gotten that monkey off of his back, 
Now it's about just going out there and playing football, and the Ravens just going out and playing football, and collectively we're able to look at them and say, hey, okay, they either win or they, even, or they lose, and we can dissect more of the game as opposed to locking in and zeroing in on him. He's been relieved of that kind of stress after yesterday's victory. S.A., I know you love yeah. the MIA. I know you love South Beach. Both you and I were yeah. disappointed that we couldn't be there last year. Tell me about for the, it. For the Eastern Conference Finals. How do you see this Deshaun Watson issue playing out in Houston? Does he end up down well, in Miami, or where do you see him going? In a perfect world, I would love for him to end up down in Miami. I haven't been fond of the Texans organization since they kept getting rid of one executive or one coach after another while keeping Bill O'Brien when it was clear years earlier that Bill O'Brien needed to go because of some of the moves that he was making as a GM. And then when he let go of DeAndre Hopkins and traded him to Arizona, that was the last straw to me because it wasn't just the chemistry that him and Deshaun Watson had with one another as quarterback to receiver. Remember, they both came from Clemson. They're both alumni members from there. They both starred at the university. They were great, great friends. And you just don't disrupt that under any circumstances if you value Deshaun Watson as your quarterback. The fact that that was allowed to happen, I don't just put that on Bill O'Brien. I put that on the entire organization. And then for Deshaun Watson to give recommendations, for those recommendations to be ignored, for the ownership to, you know, retain a company, you know, to search for a GM and then still go out and go against their recommendation to hire uh, uh, Casario from New England. Those are all problematic things. And so if you're Deshaun Watson, you're looking at this franchise, you see the direction that they're going in. And they basically had, it appears to be, particularly since they paid him, that they had this shut up and dribble mentality when it comes up when it comes to Deshaun Watson. We're paying you this money to play football. Go out there and pay and play and leave the decision making to us. Well, that's not something that's going to vibe with him. I don't blame him. And then when we see what an African American like Chris Gray is doing as a general manager in Miami, when we combine that with the job that Brian Flores as an African American is doing as the head coach, they're clearly forward thinking. They're moving in a forward direction. We know Stephen Ross in terms of his history and his contributions to the African-American community and some African-American causes as well. Deshaun Watson clearly is not just about football. He's about something more than that. And the Texans don't appear to be of that ilk, combined with the fact that not only do you not appear to be of that ilk, but evidently you don't know how to win too many football games either. Even J.J. Watt probably wants out of there. This is a sinking ship. And as far as I'm concerned, Deshaun Watson should want to be gone. If I'm the Texans, obviously I don't let that go because he's one of the top five, top six quarterbacks in the leagues as far as I'm concerned. But if I, if there's a way for me to get out and I'm Deshaun Watson, I get the hell up out of there. And I would love to see him near South Beach. I just don't think the Texans will let that happen. It's an interesting point you bring up, Chris Greer and Brian Flores. By the way, I'm sure you know this, Stephen A., but it's interesting when you think about it. It is the only... GM head coaching pairing of both African-Americans in the entire National Football League. So that is something to keep heed as well. Again, Stephen A's, I mean, he's everywhere. Stephen A's World premiering today exclusively on ESPN+. Plus. Always manning the desk on first take at 10 a.m. Eastern time today. So we softened you up on the Steelers questions. Whoever give you those body shots the rest of the way, you're rare and ready to go, my man. Hold on, Zubin. What you got? Hold, hold on. I got, I got to ask Essay one last question. Essay, will we see Kyrie Irving again this season? What's going on, man? That's a good one. What's going I, on with the I Nets? Have, I, I have no idea. 
You know, I mean, listen, clearly he's got a lot on his mind. Um, and certainly that, you know, what the peons that we are, you know, as as mere media, mere peons, media members and what have you, what right do we even have to ask him, you know, why he's not showing up to work or anything like that, considering the fact he's getting paid $35 million to play this season? I mean, who the hell are we to ask such a question, Jay? So I would, I would say I have no answer to that question. But more importantly, what I would caution you, Jay, is to keep in mind that you might not have the right to ask that question because mm. you know what you, you, you're just not significant enough to ask such a question Jay so I mean you know he's Kyrie Irving so we have to you know just just just, just bow to the, at the altar of Kyrie Irving and let him come out there and play you know when he wants to play that's a great point we wait a minute Zubin I want to go too go Calm, ahead, slow it down Zubin I want to Stephen A tell me what to expect from your new show Stephen A world man real premiere well, today on ESPN plus give me give me something quick well, well, first of all, you got the baby Steven there. You're going to see Love Doctor that I stole from Martin Lawrence from years ago. You're going to see a lot of fun stuff going on. I'm going to bring a little levity, a little lightheartedness to the show because ultimately I have dreams of doing late night television sometime in the future. So this is, I mean, I'm still going to do me. I'm going to bring my sports takes and things of that nature. But for me personally, Key, on this level, the big thing that makes it such a big deal for me is that not only am I hosting the show, I'm the executive producer of the show. And my production company is co-producing it in concert with ESPN. So this is something that I waited pretty much my entire career uh, to have happen for me. So I'm incredibly excited. It's all on my shoulders. I got an A-team. They're big time. And it's just about me in front of that camera now with the team that I've got assembled. So it's a great, great thing. And I owe a debt of gratitude to all the honchos here at ESPN who've looked out for me and given me the staff that I need in order to be successful. And now I'm in a position to make some things happen. And that's my goal. I'm coming back at Stephen A. Smith when I check out. <laughs> Congrats, sure S.A. Congrats, baby. Appreciate y'all, man. Yes, sir. Thanks a lot, y'all. Yes, and we should mention for Stephen A., uh, it'll be great to see what happens, uh, whether we're pawns in the media or not, and a special request from Kyrie that uh, he's going to have some essence oils ready in the studio when Stephen A. walks in this morning at 10 a.m. Eastern time, ready to go. That's just for Stephen A. on his big day today. On the way... Back to Deshaun and a landing spot you may not be expecting, courtesy of one of the NFL's best insiders. How does it happen? Where could he be heading? That's next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. He's a great quarterback in this league. He should be on a better team. Bears come to mind. Giants come to mind. Dolphins come to mind. Should the Jets at number two instead? 100%. I think the Jets should do it. Jacksonville should consider doing it as well. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Very interesting. A lot of suitors for Deshaun Watson. Who wouldn't want him? Question is, who can get him? The answer in 15 seconds. A very juicy one. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. Again, when you have a quarterback of this ilk in the prime of his career. Let's get him! In his mid-20s. Let's get him is something a lot of NFL fan bases are thinking. Chris Mortensen, ESPN NFL insider, is thinking about a team you may not because the team he's about to broach here seems to have their signal caller of the future. Brian Flores, uh, Chris Greer, head coach, GM of the Dolphins. That's a preferred destination. How do you execute such a thing if it unfolded? And we have called this informed speculation uh, from somebody close to Washington, so we'll have to keep it like that. Uh, well, Tua Tungabayaloa was somebody that uh, we understand that Texas hold in high esteem, but we also know Houston needs compensation, so it would, it would have to involve a Tua plus some uh, more compensation for Houston because Sean Watson has established himself as a top-five quarterback. We'll talk. Well, look, man, Go ahead, I was going to say there's no question about it would take some compensation. I'm Miami's picking, what, three? They got the – is mm-hmm. it the third pick that they have or the – fifth pick that they have whatever pick it is they're in the top five and so I'm giving up two of the top five and then let's talk about some other stuff because I certainly believe that Deshaun Watson will upgrade significantly and help Miami challenge Buffalo beyond this year in that division now you just got to get him a few pieces in free agency there's some, some, you know, you got some receivers, some Juju Smiths that's out there, some Allen Robinsons from Chicago. You could take a look at Will Fuller, who's out there that Deshaun has a rapport with from Houston. Um, you know, so there's a few guys, uh, T.Y. Hilton, a few guys that's out there. You grab him, pair him with Parker, get another guy in the draft. You might be able to find a running back. Uh, you might be able to cook. They, they got the third pick in the draft. Can third you look pick. At- If I'm Miami, I'm doing what I have to do in order to get Deshaun Watson on my team. I guess the real question comes down to, and and Key, you and I sometimes differ on this opinion because I know you're of the thought that, you know, if a player says he wants to go, then he's going to go and you will find ways to do that. But if if I'm Houston, I'm, I'm trying any means necessary to try to amend this relationship. Whoever that new head coach is, Deshaun Watson, you want to pick your new head coach? You want to be involved in this? Okay, get involved. Please get involved. Like, we messed up, and I don't know how they do that, but obviously you're going to try to do that beforehand before it gets to a point where Deshaun Watson sits out. If Deshaun Watson gets to a point where he sits out, where I, I just don't know about the character of Deshaun Watson if he would, if he would be able to do that, Key. It, it, look, it, it's all about your representatives sending a message and having a conversation. Now, remember, there's a guy that they played against named – Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, they played in the playoffs last year. His offensive coordinator was not interviewed at all by the Houston Texans in Eric Bieniemy. Every team that has a vacancy for a head coaching job interviewed the hottest candidate, as Zubin says, in the modern era as an offensive coordinator. Every team. 
if there was 32 teams with openings, 31 of them would have interviewed him except the Houston Texans. And now you're asking me, Deshaun Watson, to sit and listen to you as you repeatedly have shown me the disrespect as a starting quarterback in the franchise guy that you basically gave, as Stephen A. Smith said, that was just on our show, shut up and dribble money. I'm supposed to just be quiet, play football, be quiet, let us handle it. You don't get involved. I gave you $175 million, you don't have no say. But you, you, you came to me after you fired Bill O'Brien and said, hey, let's sit down and let's try to figure out which direction we want to go in. I did give you a list of guys. And you don't even uh, – he's like, eh. eh. But, Keith, doesn't, doesn't football always work this way, though? I mean, when, when has football been the progressive I, sport? It's not like basketball where say, hey, LeBron James, talk to us about who you want. Football has always been, hey, certain, we're going to tell you what we want to do, and you have to do it. Certain organizations and certain people. I, I Look, when I was traded from the New York Jets – and I'm not even a – I'm a receiver – Coach Tony Dungy had enough respect to tell me who the offensive coordinator was going to be. When he fired the coordinator my first year, Tony Dungy met with me in his office and told me who the offense, who he was thinking about the who the offensive coordinators were going to be and what was my thought. He didn't ask the quarterback. He asked the receiver mm. out of respect. So I, I just, you know, I believe if Deshaun got to the point on vacation after a few glasses of tequila <laughs> and talking to some of his Get that friends, liquid courage. It, people, you know, you know how I go, man. All yeah. of a sudden, Deshaun like, man, I, I don't want to go. I don't want to be here. I want to go to Miami. He just wants to be heard, and boy, is he being heard for sure. Throw into it. J.J. Watt's not happy. Your best defensive player is not happy. Your best offensive player is not happy. Look, look hold on, Zubin. Yeah. To the point where – the owner and Kyle McNair has reached out after this thing caught fire to try to get a hold of Deshaun. He realized Deshaun, can you, please call I me messed back, up. Please call me back, Deshaun. Please call me back. I think you always want to be in lockstep with your best player in any sport, no matter what. We'll see what happens down the road. A reminder to tune into Mike Greenberg's show, Greeny, which immediately follows ours. Keyshawn Jabel and Zubin right here on ESPN Radio. Today, Greeny's going to talk to the Hall of Famer, LaDainian Tomlinson. He'll get you ready for tonight's big college football playoff national championship presented by AT&T between the Tide and the Buckeyes. So from Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin handing it right off to Greeny weekday mornings on ESPN Radio. On the way, our front office insider on exactly how you pull off a trade for Deshaun Watson, a guy that's made some big deals. And... Yeah. <laughs> is it a big deal for Big Ben and close to the end? We're disrespected when the media, with the comments from Juju. And- I don't regret what I said. I said the Browns the Browns. You know, they played a hell of a game. It wasn't about that. There was no added pressure. There was no extra anything. No one believed in us besides us. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Why did we reel off all those team names? Well, it's one of the most interesting and rare occurrences in the NFL. A guy that's one of the best quarterbacks in his league in the prime of his career in his mid-20s could be available. Keyshawn J. Wolz, who've been presented by Progressive Insurance, all of our guests on the Goodyear hotline. Remember, drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. It's a pleasure to have Mike Tannenbaum join us on the Goodyear hotline. Okay, so Mike, you're in a situation here where it's been well-documented over the last 48 hours. Deshaun Watson is unhappy The Dolphins have been seen as a partner. Miami is the third pick in the NFL draft. They actually acquired that pick after a trade with Houston. That might be ironic. It might be coincidental. But how is it for a guy that has pulled off big deals like this in the past from your front office role running a couple different teams? How hard is something like this to actually pull off? Well, you can certainly get it done. And I'll start with this, guys. If I'm Houston, I do whatever it takes not to make this trade. I do everything I can within reason to repair the relationship He's too good of a player. He has great character. He's a great leader. So I do everything I can. If I'm on the other side of that, Zubin, what I do is I offer what I can to make sure that I get this player. And I would start with the Jets, kind of like all the teams you guys reeled off, Jets, Miami, any team that may need a quarterback. Besides Trevor Lawrence, this would be the guy that would be the next quarterback taken in this draft. He's been productive. There's no projection. There's no question marks. And I would give up multiple first-round picks to acquire this player. Now, look, Mike, you've been in trades before and and you've dealt with this situation like Zubin said, but what if? And I've always been an advocate of once a player in professional sports tells the organization he does not want to play for them, that they've got to move him. What if he tells the organization that he does not want to play for them? What happens next? Yeah, Keith, Keith, that's tough. And Nick Casario comes in. Nick's had a great run with the New England Patriots, deserves this opportunity, runs the Texans, and he's like, oh, my gosh, I'm not even on the job 24 hours, and this is what I have to deal with. But, Key, I would go see the player wherever he's at. I would go see his agent wherever the agent's at and work really hard to try to fix these things. And hopefully they are fixable because there is some foundation of some good young players there despite cap problems, despite not having draft choices. So, Key, I would do everything I could within reason to try to make it work if I couldn't after I exhausted everything, that includes ownership, head coach, myself as the general manager, then, again, I would be looking for multiple first-round picks. And, Key, you and I know what it's like to trade somebody for multiple first-round picks. <laughs> that, that, is, that is true. That is very true. Mike, let me ask you this. The Steelers played last night, obviously. We saw what that was. Big Ben Roethlisberger has a $41 million-plus cap charge to the 21, 2021 uh, Pittsburgh Steelers cap. What should Pittsburgh do with Ben at this stage of his career? Key, you have to move on from him. And I made this point on Get Up back in August, and it's amazing. 
pro football, how quickly change. But in 2021, if we were ranking the four quarterbacks of the AFC North, Pittsburgh has the fourth best quarterback by a mile. It's Lamar Jackson, draw a line. In my opinion, Joe Burrow and Baker Mayfield, that's close. Draw a massive line, and then it's Ben Roethlisberger. And it's just amazing, guys, how in pro football, windows open and close because right now, Pittsburgh is a distant fourth, in my opinion, in that division because not only do you need a quarterback, as you said, Key, 41250000 he's not worth it. Bud Dupree, great player, free agent. Smith-Schuster, free agent. James Conner, free agent. They have a lot of work to do in Pittsburgh, and it's like overnight that division has like flipped on its head. Mike, I put you in the position of Ryan Pace for the Chicago Bears. What do you do with your head coach, and what do you do with your quarterback? You know, Jay, Will, starting at the quarterback, I think that's an easy decision. Body of work, four years, it's just not good enough. And if you want to get to where you want to go, which is to beat Aaron Rodgers and win the NFC North, you have to move on from Trubisky. I think the head coach discussion's a little bit more complicated. If you want to give Matt Nagy the benefit of the doubt, you would say that he wasn't there when the quarterback was drafted. With that said, they brought in – he really was brought in to fix Mitch Trubisky. Then he brought in Nick Foles. That didn't work out. And you have to say to yourself, am I better off trying to work with Matt Nagy and get a third quarterback? The one idea that to me has always been interesting and it's been out there about Chicago is Pat Fitzgerald. He's right there at Northwestern. Other guys like Robert Sala, Todd Bowles, Eric Bieniemy. There's a lot of good coaching candidates out there. I would take a long look at that list because that was a really disappointing effort by them yesterday. And let's get to the CFP National Championship game tonight, Alabama versus the Ohio State. How significant is tonight's game for Justin Fields' draft status? It's important, and Justin Fields has talked to, played himself into that conversation, starting with the second pick. Based on how we played last week against Clemson, if he plays really well against Alabama, and I've heard Coach Saban say this before, you know, he's talking about us at the NFL where he'll say things like, you guys overcomplicate things. When he talked about Deshaun Watson coming out, his point was Deshaun Watson dominated us. We put out more players on defense than anybody. Why, is it, why does Deshaun Watson fall in the draft? If Justin Fields goes back-to-back against Clemson and Alabama, if I'm the New York Jets, it's really going to be hard for me to pass on Justin Fields. And if I can get a second-round pick for Sam Darnold, now I have Justin Fields, a new head coach. I would have another first-round pick from Seattle. I would have my own two, and now a two for Sam Darnold. That's really interesting to me. So I'll be at the game tonight scouting Justin Fields and – Look forward to talking about him in coming weeks, but he has a massive opportunity on a national stage tonight. Uh, you might want to get there a little early because if you're going to be scouting Alabama, you might be scouting half the roster after what I saw from the College Football Awards last week. Mike, thank you for joining us. All right. Thanks, guys. Uh-huh. Justin Fields looking to be more driven towards the number two pick after vanquishing the guy that most people will think will be the number one pick. More driven. Brought to you by Goodyear. Helping you discover right, the road you. ahead. Goodyear more driven. Jimbo Fisher is next.